All right, let's stand for the reading of the Word of God tonight. Amen. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter number four. I want to thank you, church family, for praying for me. I had knee replacement May 8th on a Monday, and it was seven weeks yesterday. Yeah, today's Wednesday, seven weeks. So God is good, 24 sessions of therapy, but killing me, but I'm here, amen? But it's good. If you don't do the therapy, don't do the surgery, amen? And uh, good. Thanks, John. Welcome back. And uh, that's good to have you. Amen. I won't say anything about him, the five children, but how long have you been married now, John? Two years? Good. I was at his wedding. Amen. We have a married couple, a brand new couple from Michigan. Got, mar- got married. When was, your, when was your marriage? What was the date? June 3rd. Amen. Congratulations. Amen. Pardon? That's good. Praise the Lord. Welcome. Amen. Good to have you tonight. They, they're a sweet couple back there. Amen. All right. Uh, Proverbs chapter number four. And uh, let's begin reading in verse five. We'll read down to verse 15. I'll read, start with five and you read six and on and on. And we'll, we'll close with 15. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline the words of thy mouth. Break her not and she shall preserve thee. Love her and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in the right paths. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. And 15 is what I'm going to speak on tonight, that last verse. And let's say it together. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you, Jesus, for Wednesday night. Thank you for our preacher. So good to hear from this missionary tonight. Thank God for a pastor that with global vision. And uh, thank God for our missions program at our church. Be with the people out there, out south there, at uh, Brother Colleen and Vacation Bible School as they sum it up tonight, Lord. And uh, use me tonight. Clear my thoughts, Lord. Use me. Fill me with your power. And let me say the things that you want me to say. I pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The title of my message is simply this, Avoid What You Cannot Resist. This is a preventive message. And uh, I guess, um, well, let me just say that maybe at the close. But uh, I guess, well, no, maybe. No, I'll do it at the end. But um, anyway... Solomon is speaking to his son here, Rehoboam, and he's talking about get wisdom, okay? But I want you to go to Genesis 37 now. Genesis chapter 37. Remember verse 15. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. And take your Bibles and go to Genesis 37. I'll be going to see Jim Vanderhoof tomorrow downtown at the Northwestern. And if you want to write a note or something like that for him, and he's got a long ways to go, although he is getting stronger, and so I miss him dearly, but uh, he's a good man, amen? 
Uh, Genesis chapter 37. And I want you to see at the beginning, we're going to go here, I'm going to lay the groundwork here a little bit, about Joseph, of course, who's a type of Christ in the Bible. But in verse, um, verse number 3, let's look at this. Uh, Genesis 37 and verse 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. Isn't that kind of a sad statement, isn't it? And I don't know, I teach Old Testament leaders, and of course Joseph is one of the men that I use, but... It's so sad. Israel loved Joseph more than all his other children. And you can imagine, look, look at verse 4. And when his brethren, his, his brothers, saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And he, not naturally, and Joseph dreamed a dream and he told his brethren, and they hated him even that the more, yet the more. And he said unto them, Here, I pray ye, this dream which I have dreamed. And of course, he said, Someday you're going to be obese to me, you're going to bow down to me. And he, he's telling them all these things, and of course, they hated him the more. Reuben wanted to kill him, but uh, Judah stepped in and said, No. Let's not kill him. We'll put him in a pit, dip his uh, coat in many colors. We'll bring it back to dad. Dad will think that, you know, he's died. An animal killed him. And on and on the story goes and lay the groundwork. And so they, they thought he was dead. And 20 pieces of silver, they sold him to the Ishmaelites. Then they were brought Joseph to Egypt, okay? And uh, Potiphar, Potiphar, let's go over to Genesis chapter 39. So Potiphar buys him. And he's now working for Potiphar. Let's look at uh, chapter, uh, Genesis 39 and verse number 1. So we kind of know that story, the background, the hatred, and the, uh, trying to do away with Joseph, but yet they sold him, and now he's in Egypt. Of course, this is a sovereignty of God. As we get to the end of the story, in Genesis chapter 50, we realize it's all about God. God was in all of it. Genesis chapter 39 and verse number 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar and an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard of the Egyptian, brought him with, uh, of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. Now watch this. In verse number 2, and the Lord was what? You'll find there four or five times that God was with Joseph. And of course, if you know Joseph's life, of course, he's a type of Christ in the Bible. You really find nothing negative about the, the person of Joseph, a, man, a great man. And his master, look at verse 3 now, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, kind of like Daniel in, in Babylon. And uh, his spirit was a sweet spirit. And I'll never forget years ago at pastor school, Jeffrey Fugate preached the message. Dr. Hiles was, was pastor then, of course, and, and years and years ago. But I'll never forget that message he preached about Daniel because Daniel had a sweet spirit. And same thing with Joseph. It says, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer of his home, his house, and all that he had, he put in his hand. And it came to pass from that time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Verse 6. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had that he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Now look at me. Everything is going real well for Joseph right now. Uh, he's secure. He's got Potiphar's house. He has a job. And things are going well. But things are going to change now in verse number 7. Okay? Um, things are going, to, going very well for Joseph, but now things are going to change quickly. Back in those days, and I, someone even told me recently, a, a missionary, 
in Egypt. Uh, back in those days, the women in Egypt were very loose moral women, okay? Very loose moral women. And um, as we get into this story here, so let's look at verse 7. It changed, changed things quickly for, uh, for Joseph here. Let's look at it, verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast their, her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused. Praise God. Amen. He refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wanteth not what is, uh, what is w- well, with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How, can, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against I, God? Her eyes were on Joseph. The Bible said he refused, okay, and he fled. Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. That doesn't always happen, does it? But praise the Lord, he did, okay? Now, he said, I, can't, I cannot do this great wickedness against my Lord. He was convicted by the Holy Spirit. He was convicted by the Holy Spirit. I can't do this. I can't do this. I cannot do this thing. Day by day, he went back. Look at verse 10. And it came to pass, as, he spake to, as, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. Verse 11, and it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men of the house there within. Is that a good sign or a bad sign? Yes or no? Bad sign, am I right or wrong? Very bad. Very bad. Now hang on. Here's a couple statements I, want to, I wrote down. I contend, Steve Froke, I contend that Joseph resisted when he should have avoided Avoid what you cannot resist. Avoid what you cannot resist. You as a Christian man or woman, you have a target on your back. Um, Morality failure is unbelievable in America today. Among Christians, among preachers. Unbelievable. Morality. You know, somebody says, I have a beer, I smoke a cigarette, whatever. Bad, sin, understand it. But a morality failure is much worse. It's a mark. I love what preacher said when he first came here. I still use it when I preach out all the time, and it's so true. Sin complicates life. Hello. Your family, my family. Sin complicates life. We reap what we sow. The spirit and the flesh. You say, Brother Froakie, how long is that battle going to go on until the day you die? When that last heartbeat ends is when the battle ends. There will always be a battle between the spirit and the flesh. Potiphar believed his wife. Let's go on. Look at verse... um, So let's go on and, and, and let's finish out here. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do business, and there was none of the men in the house therein. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her, and, and, in her hand and fled and got him out. Pro- wonderful. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled, she got irate. So now look at verse 19. Same chapter, 39, 19. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Verse 19. And he came to pass when his master, this is Potiphar, 
heard the words of his wife, which he spake unto him, saying, After this manner did my servant, uh, uh, did thy servant, uh, after this manner did thy servant to me, uh, and his wrath was kindled, and Joseph's master took him, put him into prison. Here we go. Was she lying? She's crying rape. He raped me. He raped me. He raped me. Did he? No, he left. But let me ask you a question. So when she came home, or he came home, he's the husband. Who did he believe? Did he believe Joseph or his wife? Talk to me. Believed his wife. Probably you would too. But I really believe down deep in Potiphar's wife, he liked Joseph. I really do. I think he already knew that his, probably his wife had some loose morals. But for sake, this was his wife. So he spent two years behind bars as an innocent man. Joseph did. Potiphar believed his wife, and Joseph spent two years in prison as an innocent man. Accusations were not true. The accusations were not true. Listen to this statement, young people. Hey, young lady, if you don't want people to think you're immoral, don't spend time with a boy with a bad reputation. Amen? I have preached this message at City Baptist, and I preach it at Hammond Baptist High School. And I've preached it in certain churches around the places that I've gone. Joseph lost. Watch, look at what Joseph lost. But think beyond Joseph. Just think of other people. I'm thinking right now. Number one, Joseph lost his position. He he was innocent, but yet he lost his position. He lost his reputation. He lost his reputation, and he lost his freedom. When you have a morality failure, you lose all of those three things. All three. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I understand we can go to the altar and we can come and Jesus Christ is going to forgive me and I repent and I rechange my mind, but guess what? I'm still going to suffer for what I've done. My family's going to suffer. I've got eight beautiful grandchildren. I have a lovely wife that this year will be married 60 years. I have the fear of God. Don't miss this story. Reweep what we sow. Volumes. Um, I'll never forget. When you resist instead of avoiding it, you're that close to doing it. Let me make that statement again. It's, that's an important statement. When you resist something rather than avoiding it, you're that close to doing it. When you avoid something, you don't have to think about it. You don't, have to, you don't have to think about it. The devil is after leadership. Never forget one night, it was a Sunday night, we got through preaching on Sunday night. Connie was up at the, uh, uh, upstairs, and I, my office was down below when I got in the car. It was Sunday night, maybe around 8.30, 9 o'clock. And, uh, we stopped at Perkins, right down the street on Route 15 there in Hummel's Wharf. And Sunday night wasn't unusual for us to go in there on a Sunday night. I walked in there and Walked in there, and I saw the pastor of the Baptist Church from Sunbury sitting there. And uh, I said, hey, preacher, how you doing? Well, I've never never met his wife before. And I said, well, pastor, I said, good night. I said, I've never met your wife. He says, says, Brother Froke, this is is not my wife, it's my secretary. And immediately red red flags went up, and I thought, what's he doing at 9 o'clock, just the two of them, at Perkins Cake and Steakhouse in Hummel's Wharf, pastor of the Sunbury Baptist Church, and, uh, and it's not his wife. 
Well, I wish I could give you the good news about one month later, everything, two families were destroyed and so was the church. And the pastor ran off with his secretary. It happens, doesn't it? It happens. The devil is after leadership. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 is still in the Bible. Abstain from all appearances of evil. You know the horror story of Brother Hiles. It's in one of his books. Him and Brother Lyons, he got a call out to some place in Hammond, Indiana, years and years ago. And, and a lady called and said, could I see you, Dr. Hiles, and blah, 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 this. And he said, Brother Lyons, will you go with me? And they got up to the door. Here the woman opens the door. She's in a thin negligee. And as she, she went, leaped towards Brother Hiles, there's a man behind the bush came out, ready to take the picture of her. you got a target on your back. I have a lady in my Sunday school class and lives in East Chicago, and this is a few years ago, and, and in my class, and she said, oh, she called me, she says, her, he had two students at Hiles Anderson, she says, Pastor, I left my Bible in class, is there any possibility? Well, I happened to be speaking at City Baptist that week, and I dropped it off at her house. I, say, I said I would, and, and she's a sweet lady, she goes to our church, and she may be here tonight. And um, anyway... She said, and I did. She lived over in East Chicago, and I dropped it off. I knocked on the door. Oh, thank you, Brother Froki. Come on, do you want a cup of coffee? And I said, are the kids home? Because I knew she had two or three kids. Oh, no, I'm just, I'm here by myself. I said, no, thank you. And I left. I could have gone in, right? Am I right or wrong? I didn't go in. Avoid what you cannot resist. Stay away from all appearances of evil. Potiphar's wife was waiting for the opportunity. Let me give you a few thoughts. It is easier to avoid temptation than it is to resist it. We reap, we reap what we sow. When I was pastor of the church at Kramer, my first church, I was there for three years. And uh, I had a young man there. And we had a Christian school that was 92 in the Christian school. And we had a young man there, I've got to be careful here, a uh, young man there that, uh, just a sharp young kid, just sharp. And uh, I was, he, I, he, I went soul winning with him, I was training him, and a good athlete, good looking kid, good athlete, just had it all together. Signed up to come to Hiles Anderson College, he was a senior. We had a family move from out, out of state, had four daughters. And um, anyway, I, uh, they came, nice family, and four nice daughters, good family. And, uh, but anyway, this young man, of course, got attracted to this girl, one of the, one of the daughters. Nothing wrong with that. And uh, anyway, but uh, so maybe I got a little jealous because maybe she took a little time from me, but whatever. But she was a great guy, wasn't, wasn't he, honey? Just a super young guy. I just, just, I could just see him going off to Hiles Anderson, you know, and uh, just a sharp kid. But anyway, one thing led to another, and they got a little bit close, and then I called him in. I said, hey, I think you guys are a little bit too close, and blah, 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 you know, as pastor. And the next thing I, I did, I, he, his dad was a deacon in the church. One of my deacons, Jim, was one of my deacons. And I said, Jim, I said, are these, are these two being chaperoned? I said, they're seniors in high school. I said, are you watching? Or are, you, are they alone? Or what? Oh, no, no, don't worry, Pastor. You know, one of those deals. Don't worry, Pastor. We've got things covered. I said, okay. And uh, then I called the parents in of the girl, you know, and I uh, was concerned as a pastor. Amen? Somebody say Amen. And uh, anyway, but oh yeah, everything is fine. Well, a few months went by, and 
it was a Saturday night, I was home, and I got a phone call. It was Jim. Pastor, could I see you tonight? I said, Jim, it's 10 o'clock tonight. Can't we talk about it in the morning? Oh, no, he's crying. He's crying. He's got tears. He's, no, Jim, preacher, man, I got to see you. I got to see you. I says, okay. I got dressed and went down to the church house, and then he came in. Crying. But I knew Chris was there. I could tell it that he was in the back. I shouldn't say the name. But anyway, and he was. And guess what happened? She got pregnant. And uh, you, you say, what did you do? I grabbed him and I hugged him. You know, what do you do? You know, were you disappointed? Oh, was I disappointed? My heart sank. My heart sank. The problem is there was no boundaries. We all need boundaries. Don't we? We all need boundaries. Avoid. Don't let, the lie, don't let the devil lie to you to think that you're strong enough because you're not. Because you're not. You're not. Volumes have been written about David's fall. Don't turn there for the sake of time. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, 8 through 12, Nathan comes to David and said, David, you're the man. Let me tell you a couple statements on David. And I loved it, King David. He's one of my favorites. Before David took what he shouldn't, he failed to appreciate what he did not have. And that's what verse 8 is talking about there in 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 8. Before David took what he shouldn't, he failed to appreciate what he did have. And that's what's happening in marriages today. That's where pornography comes in that has soiled and have destroyed so many marriages. Volumes have been written about David. David was not content. I got a thing in my Bible in the front that I use. The devil walked into a perfect world, everything was very good, and convinced Adam and Eve that they needed something they did not have. And that's what the devil does. He'll convince you of something that you don't have. You know what the problem is? Contentment. Not being content. Satan knows that in order to get you to desire something, he first must get you unhappy or convince you or some things that you don't have. Let me give that statement again. That's why marriages aren't happy. A lot of marriages are not happy. Satan knows that in order to get you to desire something, he first must get you unhappy or convince you of something that you don't have. Rob Osgood knew I was going to preach this uh, message, uh, not tonight, but he has come to me. He says, uh, tell this story. Brother Osgood, one of, I, I love Brother Osgood. What a godly young man. Great family. He works part-time cleaning offices at night. And he said, uh, one night he said, Brother Froke, he says, uh, I went to the office that I was cleaning. And he said, when I got to the floor, he said, uh, it was, the light was on, and he said it was very unusual. And he said uh, one of the secretaries was there, and she was working at her desk. And he walked in, and she said, oh, hi, Rob. And she said, oh, he says, well, I, I, I'll leave until you're finished. Oh, no, 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 just stay. Good night, you can stay, go do your clean. No, 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 no. And he made a decision. He said, no, I'm not staying. And he didn't, and he didn't stay. Listen to me, you, you see, 
when I'm talking like this, and, and, and a lot of some of this goes in one ear and out the other, I'm talking about these are important decisions. We're talking about we're talking about avoiding and resisting. That's what we're talking about. What was he doing? He was avoiding the situation. He was avoiding the situation. Brother Frauke, how can I get the victory? Start avoiding. Buddy, oh, I don't know, six months ago, I was in a church, in, it, in that, that church, and then the year before I was in the same church, and I preached the message, and I think it was this maybe, I can't remember. The piano player is kind of a honky-tonk piano player. After the service, he comes up to me, and he says, uh, he says Brother Froki, I got a new phone. I said, really? Whoa. Well, great, you know, he got a new phone. And he was so pumped up, Eddie, he had a flip phone. And I said, oh, you have a flip phone. He says, yeah, he says, because when you preached that message last year, avoid what you could not resist, he said, I had problems with pornography on my cell phone. And he said, I got rid of my cell phone and I got a flip phone instead. Avoid, he said, what you cannot resist. Whatever it takes, Amen. Whatever it takes. And he was excited over himself or over a, a, a flip phone. But he, you know what? He had a clear conscience. He had a clean mind. Are you listening to me? When I avoid, I don't have to think about it. A Christian cannot play tag with sin and win. Morality failure is a lot of heartache for a lot of families. There's some sitting here right now. Are you listening to me? And I've seen it. I've, we've gone through it. Here, somebody say amen. Am I right or wrong? There may be somebody here right now and you've messed up. You've messed up. And the devil tells you it's, it's too late. It's, it's not too late. It's never too late. God always makes a way back. Always makes a way back. In Jeremiah 18, the potter and the clay the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the potter's hand, and so he made it again. You know why? Because the Bible said it was good to make it again. Thank God he does not give up on us. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. Amen? You can change the ending. You can make a decision right now. I'm going to stay pure and clean. So when I gave the invitation in chapel, you'd be surprised the girls that came forward and the guys that came forward. And I said to this one girl, I said, what is that? She says, that's my purity ring. And I said, who gave that to you? He said, my, she said, my father gave me this purity ring. And I said, what does that mean to you? And she says, it means that I'm going to stay pure and clean until I go to the altar. Is that good? There's nothing worse than a morality failure. Because there's a mark that never leaves. I, came, I can name five preachers that I personally rub shoulders with in Pennsylvania that are not in the ministry anymore because of what I'm talking about right now. They did not avoid. All they did was resist. But when you avoid something, you don't have to think about it. Amen? Avoid. You can make a decision right now. I'm going to stay pure. I'm going to stay clean. You say, is this more for college kids? Is this more for... No. It's for all of us. Yeah. 
Steve Froakey. I'm human. I'm a male, right? Right, Roy? Unless you're a little... And boy, we got enough of those. My wife said the other day she was at Myers and she saw a guy, a, 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 the father with the daughter, and she was wearing a tail. She was an animal. We got problems, huh? So when I preach in chapel, the last seven times I've preached in chapel, who's been in chapel? The college kids, where are you? Anywhere? You know I hand these out, right? Every message. This was probably the first one I did. Christiana Turner. How many know Christiana Turner? I preach this message in chapel, and that Sunday I'm in church in the pew. Christiana turns, says, Brother Froakey, she opens up her Bible, and she's got this saying in her Bible, avoid what you cannot resist, and it gave me the idea that I'm going to print. So I print 400, about 400 every time I preach in chapel, and I hand one. I preached on, uh, oh, good night, help me out, um, drifting, a clean heart. Most of my messages in chapel are preventive messages. You know why? Because I love our college kids. I don't want them to lose and have to get out of college because of morality. All because of sex or whatever the case may be. I want them to stay in college. I want them to stay pure and clean. I want them to walk to the aisle pure and clean and be dressed in white. Amen. You should want that for your children. You should want that for your daughter. But you know what? It's called discipline. It's called avoid, which you cannot resist. So I, and by the way, ask Rob's not here. He's out south tonight. He does the dormitories. He does them now. They're all over the, the, the dorm. Uh, am I right, brother? The, the students have hung these in their lockers, and they're, they're all over the place. Why? They want a reminder. They want a reminder. Avoid, 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 avoid. Because the temptation is always there. Am I right? The temptation is always there. And so I decided to preach this message tonight. And you say, well, I just felt like it. I just, I just, the Holy Spirit of God, I was going to do something else. I was going to preach a message on Barnabas tonight. Probably the greatest encourager in the world. But I thought, you know what? I think this is important. 